Hello and welcome to According to John. Today we have an excellent topic that I think is beneficial for all of us. I come to be a blessing. I've already been blessed out as you've laid out with the direction we're going to take today about spiritual sacrifices. I am pumped. I don't know that people understand Mm. all seven. There's seven spiritual sacrifices that the Bible talks about. These are the steps to go deeper. These are the steps to experience God. This is the steps of watching God show up in our lives, and it's the ultimate, man. Right? (laughs) Right? Think about that. So today we're going to talk about the seven spiritual sacrifices to God. And you said it. This is what's going to bring us so much closer to the Lord. You know, the original, you want to go to church, man? I, it was a pretty girl invited me to church. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'll go to church too. So you, you go to church and you're thinking, well, you know, oh, God will do something for me, like some kind of little deal going on here. And we have no clue what he's got up his sleeve. We have no clue that he's got a plan that laid out step by step that we experience him and he has already sacrificed for us greatly. I didn't even realize it. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God made the sacrifice. And you know, it isn't until we understand the value of life that we truly understand the value of Christ's death. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. And you begin to realize that sacrifice that he made for us and it's overwhelming. Right. And then, you know, cause you think, well, I don't want to make any sacrifices until you're, there's this enlightenment comes and this experience that you begin to have in the Lord and sacrifices are, are facing us and we step up to the plate and we make these sacrifices, yeah. but they don't feel like sacrifices. No. no, well, because the benefit is amazing. That's where you, there you go. Hey guys, welcome to According to John. I am your host, John Westfall. This is my co-host, the Duke Meister, Pastor Duke Herget. And today we're going to talk about spiritual sacrifices. What are they? What does it look like? How can we accomplish it? What does the Bible say about these sacrifices, right? Because a lot of times people don't understand sacrifices and what it really means or what it looks like. And I think if you make this list, if you listen to this and you take that the seven sacrifices, you list them and then you meditate on those so that you understand the expectancy and then start trying to live them out each day. In my 50 years of journey with Christ, I've thought often and even preached on the sacrifices of God, you know, the sacrifice of God of praise, but I never thought of them in one clump, all seven of them together. So I'm I'm pretty pretty excited about what we're going to do here. Well, brother, open us in a word of prayer and then we're going to get rolling. Let's pray. Father, I'm so excited about looking into your word today on this topic. Lord, you've poured out your blessings on us in the past. We want to be faithful to you, enlighten the listeners, thrill their hearts with what you have up your sleeve for them. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. So a couple of things that we have to understand before we go into this. First off, if you are a born again believer, saved, right? Child of God, Jesus Christ is your savior. Then for each person that is, you now become a New Testament priest, mm-hmm. right? Go directly to God. You don't have to go through a man. Exactly. That's, so that's cool. Especially Catholics when they find that out. So that's what happened to Luther. I can dial direct. This is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to go to my ugly preacher to get through to God. That's right. I just look, and and you know it's so funny because 
uh, and we'll have to talk, do one on prayer because people ask all the time, how do you pray? And, and we're going to talk about prayer in this one. And they don't realize this because they're like, I don't know how to pray. But if you know how to talk and just share your heart, you know how to pray. If you can talk, if you can talk to people, you can talk to God. Exactly. But they, they've been kind of culturally trained that you can't do that. It's like, yeah, you can. But especially this area. Mm-hmm. This area is taught that you have to go through another center to get to God. Yeah, religion will do that to you. It'll, religion will mess you up. Just go to the scriptures. They've got a lot of good news there. <sighs> right? All right. So uh, we have a responsibility once we become priests. And we enjoy the privilege of uh, unrestricted access to God's presence as Christians. Now, we talked in one of the other podcasts that if you're not born again, if you're not a Christian, God doesn't hear your prayers. And I know people don't like to hear that, but that's the reality of it. And so as Christians, children of God, now we have full unrestricted access to God. But in that, we have a serious responsibility to offer sacrifices that are acceptable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cain like wanted that. to offer a sacrifice, didn't he? But it wasn't acceptable. Well, and you know, that, that's the crazy thing too about Cain. And I think a lot of people do this. People will offer sacrifices to God like Cain did. The problem with Cain was Cain wanted to start his own religion. Mm-hmm. I'll do it my way. I'll do it my way. Yeah. See, and that's the, that's the thing about religion, guys. If you get the books, they'll tell you there's 4,500 religions in the world. Mm-hmm. and But the reality is there's only two, humanism and Christianity. That's it. Yeah, man's way or God's way. It's man's way or God's way. There is nothing else, right? And so we have to take sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ, Hebrews 10, 19 through 22. Therefore, brethren, again, Christian only, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, there's your salvation, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, that's Jesus, the high priest, let us draw near with a true heart. Mm -hmm. You know, these people that go to God and they're faking it. They got a, we're making a deal here. Yeah. <laughs> See what I can get out of God. Now. That's what they do, right? All of a sudden, God's I'll do this if you do that. Yeah, Lord, if you do this, I'll do that. And then God will do, keep his end, but people typically don't keep their end, right? I mean, yeah. it's just kind of what happens, right? Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance. That means you absolutely believe without doubting, as James talks about. Mm-hmm. In full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. And so all of a sudden, and that's that baptism, right? Because uh, if you get saved, you got to get baptized. They're they glad to receive his word. We're baptized. baptized. Yeah. I just had a discussion with someone the other day about baptism and, and uh, who was Catholic and they said, listen, I talked to so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so, and they all agree that my original baptism was good enough. The Bible says they that glad to receive his word were baptized, and you want to show on the outside what you believe on the inside. When you're a little baby and they sprinkled you with the water, uh, that wasn't baptism. That was, some, that was a choice your parents made, not and, a choice that you made. And, so. that was, and that was my whole point. I said, I go, listen, the Bible says... Once you receive Christ as your Savior, then you get baptized. That's Scripture through and through. What must I do to be baptized? If thou 
believe us with all thy heart. heart. Babies can't do that. Nope. And 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 the eunuch says, "I believe Jesus Christ is Son of God." And then Straight Philip way. said, yep. "Philip said, well, then there's nothing hindering you from getting baptized. Let's go for it, dude. Right? Let's get wet. I, it, it's so cool." And and then it came down to, "Are you going to listen to God, or are you going to listen to man?" Yeah, people want to show on the outside what they believe on the inside. Oh, yeah, uh, just, but even even you know, in Acts two thirty eight, and I know this is a little off topic because the sacrifices of baptism that's an expected thing. So one of the sacrifices is not well, it's a sacrifice of obedience. It really, well, yeah, it is so right. It okay. Fits, so yeah, we'll fit it in there. Yeah. So that's number eight. And then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if you think about it, you know, when Peter said in Acts two thirty eight, repent and be baptized, what people don't realize is baptism is not part of salvation. Peter was saying, because in that time there was so much conflict and they wanted to believe on Jesus, but they didn't want to get baptized because then it made it public. And if it made it public, they were going to be scrutinized and persecuted, persecuted, and, uh, pay the price. So they were trying to hide it. And, mm-hmm. and that's why Peter said, no, 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 you repent and you get baptized mm-hmm. or else yeah. it don't count, Bubba. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so any rate, that's off topic, but we're going to get on topic here. So Christ alone is the mediator. It says in 1 Timothy 2, 5 through 6, because remember, we have this access to the cross now, unrestricted. 24-7, he's available. Never call and get a answering machine. Yeah, or a I'm busy not available signal. right now, but if you yeah. put... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, please leave, please leave your problem and busy, I'll get back I'm busy here. with Vladimir Putin here in Moscow, so you guys, Johnny and Duke, you'll have to call back later. <laughs> you'll never get that. Not from God. You might get it from me, but you won't get you it from God. You won't get it from God. First Timothy 2, 5 through 6. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men or humans, because that's the neutral gender. Men literally is masculine, neutral yeah. gender. Yep. Yeah. If you look it up in the original Greek, the whole family of God, it's the whole family of God. So it literally would read for there was one God and one mediator between God and people. Yes, sir. That's how it would read or humans. That's what exactly what it means. And then it says the man Christ Jesus. You know, Johnny, when, when you introduced this topic to me, my, my mind went immediately back when you think of sacrifice, you know, we're, we're really focusing on our sacrifices to bring glory to God, but he started it. He, he started it. He, in the, while we were at sinners, Christ died for us. So then the awareness of what he did for us kind of begins to be overwhelming. Yeah. And then he looks to us for a relationship. When we begin to respond to his sacrifice for us, right. and then... Um, yeah, and that's the thing. He doesn't ask for anything that he hasn't already given. Yeah, and you just think of the marital relationship, you know. What did I sacrifice for, for my blonde chick? Right. <laughs> we married up, Johnny. Thank you, Jesus. Beautiful yeah. women will marry ugly men if we get close <laughs> enough to the Lord, and we did, and we won. <laughs> uh, but, you know, what did I sacrifice for her? My whole life. Right. But it has been so worth it. Are you kidding me? And now we got kids because of sacrifice. Right. We got grandkids because of sacrifice. Uh, oh my goodness. And you know, I remember hearing the word sacrifice and kind of, kind of shying away from it. And now as I understand it, I embrace it. Yeah. Because there are a lot of people who are scared to death of commitment and sacrifice. Yeah. And it's well, they're scared the to death of commitment because they're afraid that they're going to have to give something up for that commitment. But the reality is you don't do anything but gain. Yeah. Yeah. 
And on, on, I remember when I did not know that. Right. <laughs> and I heard that word, sacrifice. No. Right. I, I want I want to make a deal with God, and he'll bless me, and I get to do my own thing and be rich and famous and happy and live ever, ever after. Oh, my. He is like, this relationship is real. He started it, and then he looks to us. Well, we respond to his love. Well, we start making some sacrifice. We're going to look into them, and as we do, oh, my it opens the floodgates. It opens but the floodgates of blessing. Most people have a tendency to do, I can't remember the name of the movie, but Burt Reynolds was in it. This goes way back, obviously. Burt Reynolds was in it, and he's out on the ocean, and he's like, God, I'm not a religious man, but if you help me get back, if, if you help me live, if you get me back to the shore, God, I'll give up. And he starts listing all this stuff, right? And then... When he realizes that he's actually going to get back to the shore, then he starts going, (laughs) (laughs) starts pulling back on the deal. Then he's like, God, well, you know, I wasn't in my right mind out there. (laughs) And God, you know, like, like when I said I'd give up and then all of a sudden he starts reneging on everything that he said. Typical religious experience. It I don't, is, I, right? don't let religion mess you up about God. Let God straighten you, you out about religion. people. Yeah, people religion. religion. Yeah, it goes either way. So Christ is the one who gives believers true access to the Father. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. And remember, if you don't know Jesus, you don't have access to the Father. There's one mediator between God and man, and that's Christ Jesus. And then he gives us access to the Father, Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. I love how this is very explicit. No guessing. You don't have to guess. It is Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession because we have a high priest who passed through the heavens. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Verse 16. Let us therefore, because of what I just read, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. When we enter into that grace, he already knows our name. And it's only We're invited. It's only because of Jesus. He invited us in to his presence. And, uh, you know, the Bible says that if thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed, stayed on, on thee. thee. Yes. And, you know, I just, Christianity has brought so much more to me than I ever dreamed of on the other side. I just thought, well, a little peace, my conscience, give me a little bit better of a buzz on the holidays. Right. You know, you and, know what uh, I call those that come to church on Christmas and Easter? I do. Tell, but tell us. Creasters. <laughs> Christmas and Easter. Creasters. Christmas and Easter. I call them creasters. I was a creaster in our, you know, when I was a Protestant. I think everybody was a creaster sure at some point. Yeah, everybody. Just, you know. I said that to a guy one time. He was so offended. And I was like, dude. I mean, you know, the bare minimum, you know. It's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> so we have, uh, because of Christ, we can come to the throne. And because of Christ, once you're born again, there are seven sacrifices that the Bible talks about that's expected from us. It's interesting. There were, I think there were seven sacrifices in the Old Testament. You know, think the, about that. The, the burnt offering, the sin offering. There were seven there's sacrifices, seven. and so now there's seven in the New Testament. Oh, I'm sure that's a coinky-dinky, John. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so here are the seven. I'm going to give them all to you, and then we're going to break each one down. 
These are the seven basic acceptable spiritual sacrifices for Christians and expected from Christians. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number one is their bodies, their praise, their good works, their possessions. That one right there is where people all of a sudden go, what? Oh, you want my money. Don't call me Joel Osteen. <laughs> I'd slap him. So don't get me started. Or, or Copeland or yeah, all the send me money. So God yeah, can send you money. Yeah. yeah. yeah Judy or Joyce, Judy, yeah. Joyce Myers, all of that. At any rate, their possessions, but we're going to talk about that. They're converts. Mm -hmm. Those that you win to the Lord. Oh my goodness, who knew that was a sacrifice? Yeah, the greatest thing we, you know, like the greatest thing my kids can give me is grandkids. Yeah. And the greatest thing that we can give our father is 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 more kids. More kids. You know. Their love and their prayers. You know, a lot of people say I love God, but their actions don't say they love God. Just let God. that sink in. The sacrifice of our bodies. I know we're going to come through these sacrifice of praise. The sacrifice of good works, the sacrifice of, of our possessions. It's not really ours anyway. When you're aware, he, well, I don't want to get into the details. The sacrifice of winning people, of converts, of sacrifice of love and prayer. It's all relational. It's all, it's just an awareness. He made this sacrifice for me. If he'll die for me, I'll live for him. It's so natural. And it's like, it looked like a sacrifice. And it's like, doesn't feel like a sacrifice. Right. It's just the response, you know. It was no big sacrifice on my part to kiss my wife. Like, <laughs> okay, I'll kiss you. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't much of a sacrifice at all, you right? Know? So that's how I look at it, man. That's awesome. So look, Paul gives this practical exhortation. Yeah, he does, all through. In Romans, to the Romans, in Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore... What do you mean? You got to go back and read the chapter, two chapters before, and you'll get the therefore, right? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, Christian, only this the is born again. This is saying. only for the born again. Yeah, got to be in God's family to enter into His favor. Yep, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. We're, we're not even talking, oh my goodness, there's so much of me to go out and, and to keep my body pure. No, it's reasonable. No, I'm 67 years old now. I was 18 years old when I first saw this. And uh, I was riddled with tobacco, alcohol, marijuana, speed, LSD, all, all the street drugs of my era. And I was six foot tall, 128 pounds, because I'd done so much speed, and it was affecting my teeth, and my hair was falling out. Of course, now it's falling out for other reasons. Yeah. But my body wasn't healthy, and there was reasons why my body right. wasn't healthy. But now my body belongs to God. Amen. And, and I had people discipling me, showing me that, look, Christ made this sacrifice for you. Now it's time for you to step up. You don't own yourself. He bought you with a price, his precious yeah. blood. So now you need to clean up your lungs. You need to clean up your body. You have to. You know, and uh, present your bodies a living sacrifice. And then, you know, with his spirit living inside of me, I was naturally high. <laughs> I was drunk in the spirit. And so he sobered me up. And uh, the alcohol and the drugs and, and the tobacco and the things that were, uh, that were not healthy for me. And, of course, as years go by, 
I'm type two diabetic now, so I have to make other sacrifices. But when I when I try to have to make a sacrifice for my health, it's hard. But when I make a sacrifice for him, it's easy. It's, yeah, and you know, it's so funny because, you know, it, it goes on. It says, "Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God." There's an evangelist that used to always say, "If you are what you were, then you ain't." Mm-hmm. Yeah, bad grammar, but good theology. Old things yeah. pass away. All things. <laughs> become new. And so, uh, listen, if you are born again, something in you has to change and it starts with your body. That's the beginning. Like, okay, I'm going to quit poisoning it. I'm going to quit taking it into places that it shouldn't go. I'm going to quit doing things to it that I shouldn't be doing to it. I mean, it starts with your body. God honoring a spiritual sacrifice begins when believers offer God all their human faculties. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember the morning after I got saved. I which also includes the mind. Yeah, my my eyes and my mind. I had a drawer full of pornography that I'd been collecting for like for years, and my mom would see it and put it in a drawer. And and then the very first morning I got saved at uh, about about seven thirty quarter of eight on Sunday night on Monday morning five a.m. It was summertime near the summer solstice. I woke up and I was I never heard anybody preach against it. And in the world I lived in, it was just everyday stuff. That, it's acceptable. Yeah. And I, I I got up real early in the morning and I cleaned out that drawer, went out. And we, those were days we had burn barrels and I'd burn it, you know. I was embarrassed. I didn't want to do it after the family got up. So I got up real early and burned it. I felt so clean. I got rid of that, you know. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. So it's funny. It was a, it was a little sacrifice. I think it was the first sacrifice I made for Jesus. And I got that out of my life and I felt clean and, uh, so one of my daughters, I can't say which one because I told him I wouldn't, but one of my daughters, when, when she was 13, I think. So she liked this boy, and this boy liked her, but I set all the ground rules, right? Screaming amen. Yeah, yeah. We don't hold hands. We, you know, like, you're never alone. Never um, have to put out a fire that doesn't get started. Right. Amen. So I raised two girls too, Johnny. Right. We're on the same page. So, bro. you know, so I, I set up all these ground rules and, uh, but they had an iPod, the little iPod and they had their own email. Now I had all the emails forwarded to my email mm-hmm. of which they did not know. Daddy filter. Yep. And, and people might say, well, that's a violation of their rights. Don't give me that crap. I don't mm. even want to hear it, man. That's protecting my children. No smart dad would ever argue that point absolutely so at any rate this email comes in from the boy now praise jesus my daughter didn't respond in a bad way and the email wasn't that bad i mean it was just but it was inappropriate you know uh, on the beginning level of inappropriate and so i immediately because it was a family in the church i immediately called a meeting and with the parents and the children. And I said, hey, this is what's going on, blah, 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 blah. I put it all out there. I read the email. And uh, because at first the parents was like, uh, I don't see anything wrong with emailing. And then I read it and they're like, oh, okay, this is, you know. And, and again, it wasn't that bad, but it was bad enough that I, I, it was a spark and I didn't want it to be a fire. Mm-hmm. So a stitch in nine, say, stitch in time saves nine. 
not a scripture verse, but it's in the neighborhood. <laughs> it's in the neighborhood. So at any rate, we get all done. We have the meeting. I call it all out. I put it public between the parents and the children, blah, 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 blah. Afterwards, because uh, we met at the church, afterwards we go home. On the way home, it was kind of a quiet ride. Then we get home, and I go in to the bedroom, pray with my daughters uh, before bed, and like, hey, you know, we, we talked, and... And then my daughter said, Dad, thank you. And I said, for what? I said, for what? She goes, I didn't want that to continue, and I didn't know what to do with it, and it was so heavy on my heart. And so she was thankful that it was out in the open. There's no hiding, no secrets, because she was struggling with that, Mm -hmm. having the hide and the secrets and everything. And that was with you with the book, right? Mm -hmm. She felt so much relief that this was over as you're telling that blessed story of a daddy daughter comes to my mind the words of jesus when he said in you being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children you know how to protect them and not that we're i mean terribly evil towards our children but we're fallen people and yet we still that love for our kids is powerful And and then he says how much more shall your father in heaven this relationship he made the sacrifice for us we make some sacrifice for him, and then he's uh, he enters this sacrifice. He appreciates it. This relationship is growing, and uh, he's going to take it somewhere. We're going to like where he takes and it. And it's going to be so good if we yield. Mm-hmm. Got to yield first. So the unsaved or the unregenerate, I know it's a t- if people don't like that term, yield their members uh, of their body to sin, but the redeemed yield their members as instruments of righteousness, Romans six thirteen, and do not present your members, that's your body, as instruments of righteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Amen. There's that human response when we respond to God. He loves it. Yeah. And in Romans 12, 1, which we read, Paul emphasizes, says, hey, God wants the believer's body uh, to be a living sacrifice. That word living literally says continuous. Kind of like you wanted your daughter's body to be pure, and then she could give that to her man in the t- when the time comes. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's a continuous thing. It doesn't stop. That living sacrifice means a constantly living it out, doing sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it never stops mm-hmm. because the minute, it, the minute you stop seeking God's face, uh, you can put your body into sin real quick. Mm-hmm. And, and we're not even talking, listen, how about drugs, alcohol, eating, mm-hmm. yeah. sex, uh, your eyes, what your eyes see, your ears, what your ears, some of this music out there. Um, I've listened to some of it when it comes on, and i got to turn it off because the language and the innuendos yeah. is unbelievable. See, the Holy Spirit that comes to live inside of us, uh, the Bible says, grieve not the Spirit. And we talked, I think, on an earlier podcast, I'd go into my dad's bar to hear or to pick my dad up from work in those days and I would go in and there'd still be people in the bar having their last drink about two in the morning and I'd hear terrible language. Oh my goodness, right? And it never bothered me, but now the spirit of God's in me 
and that, that grieving. So I make the sacrifice to, yeah. to pull away from that, right. to sanctify ourselves, set ourselves apart for God. You know, my wife set herself apart for me. I set myself apart for her. That's a that's what a holy relationship is, and we do the same. God did for us. We return the favor and the right. flow. The holy flow has begun. That's right. The holy flow. <laughs> holy flow. That'll preach. That'll preach all day. The so the first one is the body. The second one, uh, a spiritual sacrifice, is that's acceptable to God is praise or worship. Hebrews thirteen fifteen. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So a lot of people think worship is just singing. Mm-hmm. That's the oh, farthest thing. Wow. Like that's just a minute part of praise and worship to God. If you have that happening, but you don't have the other happening, it's just a falsehood. It's a facade. Right. But, you know, this overwhelms me. I'm sitting in the morning, I'm reading God's word, and he, I'm just, I'm kind of reading, and then he hits me with something like, whoa, I never saw that before. How could have I read that 149 times before and missed it every time? I see it today. I get excited. I'm sitting there, and I'm offering the sacrifice of praise. Oh, Lord, thank you for showing me that in your word. Thank you for the day. Thank you for my calling. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. And you start getting off on this yeah. thing, man. And, and then you realize God inhabits the praise of his people dude and he loves it right and listen we love when we're recognized for what we do let me give us i know i'm going crazy today but you started it (laughs) i'm so excited i remember one time my wife and i we'd gone through a little bit of an issue and um we worked through it it was a saturday morning and um we have gotten along so well for so many years that when we have anything happen, it's like troubles me so bad because right. I mean, it's, it's so rare and so shallow and, and this, this was a, a real struggle. So we, we had our little breakthrough and, and I remember saying, and you know, and I love the way you look. I love the way you talk. I love, I love the way, love the way you smell. I love how you take care of our house. And I love how you mother our children. I, I love your, I, and, and, and I gave about 20 things. Right, right. And she said, and <laughs> she was inhabiting the praise of her husband. Yeah. 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 And she was enjoying we're gonna do, it. We're going to do Walt hands right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Walter, we love you, man. There we go. Uh, that's an inside joke with another podcast buddy of ours who is, who is awesome. Truth Unbound. Yes, sir. You got to go see, you got to go to his podcast, Truth Unbound, Walter Swaim. And uh, he calls these jazz hands. <laughs> <laughs> Walter did not kill as many brain cells as we did back in 1969, Johnny. He's, no. He's wicked smart. Great guy. But that's it, right? She wanted more. But think about God on another level that deserves more. Yeah. Yeah. So now offering praise to God entails gratefully declaring his attributes in private. And then it starts flowing in public. It comes out. And I just think of what Cat Stevens said. I can't keep it in. Right. I got to get it out. <laughs> the world's got to see, see all the love I say. I can't keep it in. And that's, that's what that's, happened with people in the Bible. Jesus told a couple of guys, don't just, just go down to the priests and the lepers that were cleansed. Don't do it. They couldn't keep it in. They no. just, what? Yeah, cause he told him, he told him like, don't tell anyone. And they're like, Duke, look, I'm clean. <laughs> Jesus did <laughs> it, man. <laughs> they did everything he said not to. Uh, Psalm 83, 18, that they may know that you whose name alone 
alone is the Lord are the most high over the earth. How about Psalm 86, five for you, Lord are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all those who call upon your name. How about this in verse 10 for you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. Psalm 90 verse two, before the mountains brought forth or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And I can go on and on. Let me hit some New Testament because I got a ton of them here. Mm-hmm. Romans eleven thirty three. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. First Timothy one seventeen. I'm now, gonna jump in here, John. I know, Go I'm ahead. gonna give I'm, it to you after I'm this. Ready. One, right? I'm ready. I'm <laughs> ready. <laughs> now to the King of Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, to God who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. He's the Alpha and the Omega. Omega. And I remember laying in bed one night and had a little bit of a breakthrough, something's going on, and and I just said, You're my alpha, and then just what I and then you're you're awesome. And uh, you're my advocate, and uh, and I understand what these terms mean. And you and you're my beloved, and you're the bread of life, and you're the Christ. And then it went back to A. You're the anointed one, and then D. You're my deliverer. And I go all the way through the alphabet yeah. in the names of Jesus. How cool is that? And I'm worshiping Him, and He's in inhab- and my spirit is soaring. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready to charge hell with a squirt gun yeah. when I go through my Jesus ABCs, right. and I've done it in public. I've done it in private and we were at a Bible study. Uh, I've done this many times, really. We'll just in public with our seniors group, we've got about 30 to 40 people and let's do the ABCs of Jesus. And they jump in and man, we just go crazy, have a blast. We just pause for a minute. A and uh, and B. It's because and, it's amazing. Dude, that's what draws you close when you recognize who your God really and, is. And our God looks down and he sees his kids that we love him and we're honoring him and we're worshiping him and we're and we're not just we're not asking for anything we're celebrating we're cele- who he is how good is that brother yeah God. man you get me pumped johnny all right so now we declare god's attributes which we just talked about now in praise you declare his works I'm going to pick some short ones here. Judges 501 through 31. I can't. I'm going to read these so you can go and look at them. Exodus 15, 1 through 18. Exodus 15, 20 through 21. Judges 5, 1 through 31. Like these are whole chapters. First uh, Samuel 2, 1 through 10. Second Samuel 22, 1 through 51. Then we have First Chronicles 16, 29, 10 through 15. Psalm 8, 1 through 9. And then I'll do one here in Psalm 19, 1. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. We have uh, verse 4. Their line has gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them he, God, has set a tabernacle for the sun. I mean, just praising him for his works. I have so many passages here. I'm not even going to go in and read all of them, but... No, let me jump in here. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> the sacrifice of his works. You know, we meet one another and we, we all commonly ask each other, what is God doing in your life? Yeah. And immediately you tell me, uh, this person came and they heard the gospel and they sat like this and they heard that. And then they sat like this. And then, then the invitation was given, they're weeping and they raise their hand and they ask Jesus to come. And you tell me almost every week, somebody gets saved, somebody gets saved. The work of God through, through you, through your, the preacher, through your church, other people invited him out. You were prepared. 
Lord, the work of God. And you just took me up on the hill and, and show me the trees and and the rocks and where we can plant a few apple trees and and the little the little water hole there. Right. And it's like the work of God, and we're praising Him for His mighty works. It just when we stood there and just looked around and thought, God has supplied everything. Yeah. That in ages past, he could look down the road and say, you know, there's some uh, some crazy preacher guy from Ohio. I'm going to get him off drugs. I'm going to get him saved and give him a beautiful woman. And I'm going to bless him. And I'm going to bless him and let him ride across the country on a motorcycle. I'm going to let yeah. him get this piece of property up on a mountaintop in upstate New York. And he's going to. I'm going to put a little water hole there so he won't have to spend $30,000 to drill a well. <laughs> God says, I own all the water. I can put water where I want. Johnny's going to need this. And you look... And there's blueberries and apples already there. Who finds a spring on top of a mountain? Come on, man. That ain't that ain't right. You got yeah. a good father. Oh, I have a wonderful daddy. And we praise him for his goodness among the children of men. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. So here's the third. <clears throat> the third sacrifice for us. We find in Hebrews thirteen six is doing good. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. So we're going to do good. And doing good involves doing what is righteous and what honors God. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. This is what you're talking about, how, mm-hmm. how when we do good, God blesses us. Yeah. We don't do good to get the blessing. but yeah, because- We don't give to get. But when we give, we get. We get, yeah. It just, it it, just is what it is. Yeah. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. God says, and by the way, what's all? All means all, and that's all all means. And so here the scriptures say that God gives us all things that we can do good works for him. See, John, I've known you since you came here, just a little bit before you came here. And I remember those lean days when you didn't know how you're going to make the payment. You needed a miracle. (laughs) And you were crazy in love with Jesus, and you just trusted him, and you came. I've known you, and I, I know a lot of the things that you do behind closed doors, and you never broadcast what you do for others. But I find out about some things. And, uh, you know, somebody has a need and you give it to them and, and you, a guy has a, he, he needs a better camera for his work and, and you have a camera and you send it and somebody needs this and, and, uh, you have a coffee maker that somebody finds out how good that kind of, a, uh, homebrewed coffee is. And next thing you know, That's your coffee, coffee maker is their coffee maker. And then you gave by, by good works, you saw a need, you responded to the need and then God res- says, and but you cannot give me Johnny. How can how can you not give when it has been so graciously given to you? But back in those times when you gave everything to come here, and, and Joel and I did as well. We just didn't have much to give because we were kids. We didn't have a we didn't really own anything. I didn't have a business or anything to give up. We just trusted him for everything. But but we gave. We gave ourselves, we gave our time, we gave our love, and we didn't have money. Then we had money. We learned to give that too. And uh, we had things. We began to give that too. And uh, then the Lord says, uh, you're, you're, we, we got this deal going. You're offering the sacrifice of good works. Yep. And then he responds. 
And you can't outgive God. And, and, and we're going to find that in possessions. Yeah, and he, they're kind of tied together. And it, the yeah. good work of shoveling the neighbor's driveway, he's too old to do it. And, and I'm a young guy, and I just shoveled their thing. And he's got this little tiny garden, two tomato plants. i got a giant garden. So why should they have to go to the grocery store and buy an eggplant when I get when you can, 30 out in my garden? Yep. And yep. so we just give yeah. the sacrifice. Well, folk, I'm doing it in Jesus' name, and I make sacrifice. I give my little, this a jar of jam here, an eggplant there, a, 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 and we give. And then the Lord says, yeah, watch this. And then he I'll give back a hundredfold. Yeah. A hundred yeah. times what you gave, I'll give back. Titus 3.8. This is a faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly. <laughs> That means continuously practice. I want you to affirm constantly that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. And it's profitable not necessarily in in getting things back, but profitable in the way God blesses. James 3.17, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And so when we, when we see this, listen, I'm telling you, if you're willing to yield and do good works. As the Spirit prompts you. It, yeah, yeah, because, right, it's, it really do as God moves you to do, and then... And he will prompt you. He, I'm telling you, and the more you do, the more he'll keep prompting you to do, uh, and it's, uh, it's full of mercy and good fruits without partiality. So sweet, right? So any good work, whether, whether it is a reproof that restores a brother, loving and helpful action towards someone, studying God's word, listening to the word preached, or speaking a righteous word is a spiritual sacrifice in Christ's name that glorifies God. So those are just some examples of good works. Let me share an experience I had last week, and I kind of learned some of this from you. But um, I, I went to a prayer breakfast with some guys, and there was a there was a cop sitting there at the diner, and I just waved to the to the door and I'm going to take his ticket. And so we went to a little prayer breakfast, and she told the guy, "Somebody paid for your breakfast." The cop, and uh, he was thrilled, and. She, I, I didn't want her to tell who it was, but she did. And I yeah, was a lot of times they of guys, do. And, yeah. and he came to thank me. And we had got to talk, and it was really sweet. He knows the sheriff, Zerlo, and he works for him, as a matter of fact. So anyway, it was a wonderful, sweet time. He was thrilled, and I was thrilled to do it. For, it was like eight bucks. You know, it was no big deal. So anyway, the next morning, I'm out with Larry and Mary Ann DeNovo in Mechanicville. And the four of us had breakfast together. You know what happened? Somebody paid for yours. Somebody paid for our breakfast. <laughs> That's what happens. And as soon, as soon as I, the waitress said, you know, somebody paid forward and, and I bought your breakfast for you today. And immediately I thought, yesterday morning I bought breakfast for one and today God buys breakfast for me for four. So we passed it forward and bought breakfast for the old people there. And the waitress, all day long, she told, and it went forward, forward, forward. And a whole bunch of people, it was a chain all through the Isn't day, that, people. That's what they, it does. First ah. Peter 2.12 having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Matthew five sixteen, Jesus says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. 
Colossians 1.10, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So not only when you serve, you do good works, you gain knowledge and understanding yeah, of the God. experience gains <laughs> momentum, and you just kind of become a Jesus freak. <laughs> you do. You right? want everybody to go to heaven. Uh, Colossians 3.17, and whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, you do in word and deed, giving thanks. Hebrews 13.21, make you complete in every good work to do his will, whether working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Guys, good works is a sacrifice to God but it is a well-pleasing sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And people benefit, and you benefit, and you build your testimony so that when people speak bad of you, other people say, no, that's not the guy I know. Yeah, That's not the girl I know. It is amazing. So sharing would be your fourth one, sharing or generosity. In a specific good work, Hebrews names... So it involves sacrificially giving up one's resources to meet someone else's need. Mark 12, 42 through 44. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which make a quadrants. So he called his disciples to himself and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. For they all put in out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty put in all she had, her whole livelihood. This lady sacrificed by giving everything she had to God. And God said, and it was only, it's like less than two pennies. Mm -hmm. And Jesus said that was more than all the big checks and the big hundred dollar bills. Because it was all of her heart. Yeah. I had a real sweet experience on this just the other day, two grandchildren, uh, little girls, uh, Gia and Fia, Sophia and uh, Giovanna, we call it Gia and Fia. And they compete 24 seven. I'm telling you. It's a war. And, <laughs> and so I, I, we were babysitting for them, and they're, they're constantly con- conflicting. And uh, Papa brought up, and Mia, we, they called Joel and Mia. So we got Mia, G, and Fia, and Mia brings some goodies. And, and I watched the older sister take her ice cream cone and give it to her little sister. Oh, wow. Now, she yeah. knew she was going to get one. Yeah, but. But she put her first, and I thought. She's maturing. She loves her sister to death. Yeah. <laughs> they just like to fight. But uh, right. but she was willing to make that little sacrifice. And it's like, yeah, they, they, they have a relationship. And when we make these sacrifices uh, unto the Lord, sharing, uh, it's not all about me. It's for your glory. Right. And I, I remember like little and things. And it in, shines. I remember things in the parking lot. At, uh, yeah. I'm at this store and you got this old lady. It's wintertime at Walmart and it's all the slush and slop and the six inches deep and uh, your shoes are all wet. And there's this elderly lady. She's going to put her cart back where it belongs. She's not going to leave it out in the wrong spot. And she's like 80 years old. She's just going to do the right thing. And I jump in and say, ma'am, I'll take that back for you. And I said, and I do it in Jesus lovely name. Oh, that's so nice of you. You know, and, and, just in Jesus' name, take that thing back right. uh, to where it belongs. Just little, you know, life can be full of sweet little things. So I did probably, and I, 
I give a lot of stuff away. You know, uh, my wife will even go, why do you keep giving everything you have away? <laughs> well, because if there's a need, I want to take care of the need. So my oldest daughter and I, we were in New York City. I went down to preach for a friend of mine at Phyllis Pulpit. And we spent the night, but we got there that day, spent the night at his house. He was out of town. We spent the night at his house. We took the subway in to Times Square and, and everything. And uh, it was cold outside and it was raining. I only say that to say this, and, and I'm not saying look at me. Uh, I'm saying look at God. So we get on the subway. We're heading back. It's late night. We're heading back. We just got through spending the evening on the town in New York City. We're heading back to the house to get ready to preach uh, on Sunday. And I'm sitting there, and this homeless guy gets on the subway. Now, you could tell mentally he wasn't altogether there. Mm -hmm. And he had on rubber covers, not shoes, but the rubbers that would cover the shoes. Mm -hmm. And those had holes in them. And I'm sitting there, and I looked at it, and the— and it's crazy because the subway hasn't moved yet and the doors are still open and we're sitting there for literally a minute or more. We sat there. Any rate, God said, give him your shoes. Wow. And so I was like, okay. And I knew it was of God cause it's cold and raining outside. And here's the thing from the subway back to the house is about a mile, half mile, half mile to a mile, something like that. And um, anyway, God said, give him your shoes. So I took my shoes off and I went to hand them to him. And he looked at me and ran off the subway. But he didn't take the shoes. He just ran off. Everybody's looking at me. Everybody's looking at this whole incident that happened. I looked at him and I, and I was like, man, I want to give you these shoes. And he was gone. Like he just, he bolted. So I sat back down, put my shoes back on and they were a brand new pair of tennis shoes, <laughs> brand new. And, but we looked like we were about the same size, you know, anyway. So I, I put my shoes back on and Taylor looks at me and she goes, dad, you were really going to give him your shoes. Why? I'm under conviction right now. <laughs> like, Lord, make me sensitive, so, more sensitive. She said, "Why?" And I said, "Sweetie, I got, I got more shoes at home. I got a pair of dress shoes I can wear back home. I don't, I don't need these. I got, I got another pair at the house." And we just sat there and enjoyed the rain, the train ride back. What it did. what it did for my daughter, right? Mm -hmm. And that she got to see dad show true love for the neighbor. And the people on the, on the subway, um, they just kept staring at me. Like nobody said a word. My daughter they and I, we talked back and forth. That they may see your good works. And, and I don't know why the man ran off. I don't know why I didn't give him the shoes or why he didn't take the shoes. Cause he needed them way more than I did. But God just wanted to teach someone a lesson. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it might require a big step on your part 
And God just wants to see if you'll do it. He, he just wants you to see that you'll do it because he already knows what you're going to do. Radical acts of kindness. Dude, it changes people's lives. It does. And so, man, good works, sharing, generosity, which genero- sharing is, is your fourth one here. Acts 2.45, and they sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. Boy, I would love to see that day come around again. So many people are focused on their own possessions. Luke 12.33, Jesus says, Sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourselves money bags which do not grow old. A treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches nor moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Look what you're willing to hold on to and not let go of. That very well could be your God. Mm -hmm. That could be your treasure. You know, the reality is, yeah, we had a half mile to a mile to walk back to that house and it was wet and my bottom of my feet are tender because <laughs> I don't go without shoes. Yeah, but New York's not a great place to go barefoot. <laughs> um, but you know, the reality is whether the guy took my shoes or not, I honored God. It is God that worketh in us both the will and to do his good pleasure and we yield that to him. And people are watching, and it kind of gives them hope in this midst of this dark world where so many are selfish. But you know what? Here it is all these years later, and those that saw it will never forget about it. Uh, your daughter will never forget about it. And right. It's like my dad's a real deal. Yeah. You know, then, a- then when we when we mess up a little bit, and then we go and sit down and say, hey, Isn't that what we want, though? We want people to yeah. see that we're the real deal, man. Yeah, not Not because it's look at me. I want to be the real deal. Yeah. I need to be. We need I don't to want to be. be a fake. Yeah. And uh, these yeah. little opportunities that are all that are there all the time, it just it's God in us prompting us to he made sacrifice for us, we make it for him and yeah. the whole thing grows. Uh, Philippians 2.30, Paul's talking to the Philippian church and the, those that were in the church, and he says this in verse 30, because for your work of Christ he came close to death, not regarding his life, to supply what was lacking in your service toward me. And what he's pointing out is, listen, even when it came down to uh, the life, there was no regard for their own because they understood the value of sharing, the value of giving, and the, and the value of the difference that it makes in someone's life. Um, guys, I, I encourage you, uh, share, give. God will replace it. You cannot outgive. You cannot outgive God. I I have given away so many things that my and my wife, and even my daughters. And now, and of course, they're used to it, right? Because they they they've seen it so much their whole life. And 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 my wife, she's like, your biggest blessing, your biggest gift of God is your biggest curse. You give everything away. <laughs> yeah. You know, Johnny, I'm I'm just getting overwhelmed here, just listening and feeling and reflections. The Bible says, be you holy, for I'm holy. And this is God's holiness in us. We have things, but things don't have us. Right. And you that's, see a need. That's the key. Yeah. And, and it's like their need is greater than mine. I'll meet that need. And then we gave, and we didn't give to get, but then we do get. And it's like, oh, my goodness. Well, because, and God even says, he's a debtor to no man. You give something away yeah. in his name, he'll repay it. Yeah. Joel way better. Way we've, better. 
we've experienced this, like God will prompt us to do something special for some missionary gift or whatever's going on in our church. We'll look at one another and we'll say, Hey, let, and they're like, yeah. And so we do, we throw in, yeah. make a little bit of a sacrifice. And then we smile and say, what's guy got up his sleeve? And I'm telling you that later that week, something happens, something comes. The in blessing the is amazing. Philippians 4, 10 through 19, Paul he commended the Philippian church for their sacrificial generosity to him, right? But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. In other words, uh, they wanted to give, but they didn't have opportunity at the time. And then he says, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Verse 15. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. And he goes on and he just brags on them and thanks them and points out. And, and here's the thing. The, the, the church of Philippi was a very poor church. Yeah. They didn't have much. But, and, and a matter of fact, Paul even at one point says, uh, oh, no, 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 don't, you can't give me that. You need it. And they said, who are you to rob me of my blessing, <laughs> right? And, and that's really what it comes down to. So the fifth one, and we got seven, we're running out of time, so we're going to speed along. But the fifth sacrifice is converts or reconciled sinners. That constitutes another sacrifice offered to God. And Paul describes that spiritual sacrifice to the Romans in Romans 15, 15 through 16. Nevertheless, brethren, again, Christians, nevertheless, I have written more boldly to you on some points as reminding you because of the grace given to me by God that I might be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. And so the offering of the Gentiles, in other words, the winning of the Gentiles, because remember, the Jews will say Christ died for them, right? Because they're the chosen people, so on and so forth. And now the door is open to the Gentiles. And Paul says, hey, listen, the offering or the sacrifice, my sacrifice to go to the Gentiles is well-pleasing. Johnny, years ago, I came to New York. Years ago, you came to New York with your, your bride and family. And we came and we'll go to be with the Lord one day. And we're going to bring a bunch of New Yorkers with us. Right? Beautiful, beautiful thing. What, Listen, what, what a life. Paul saw the souls of those God had enabled him to influence for Christ as spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. Amen. So every time you win someone to the Lord, that is a spiritual sacrifice uh, that is acceptable to God. Doesn't he tell us in the Great Commission to go? Tells us in the Gospels that we are to do the work of an evangelist? It's kind of the ultimate, man. It is, man. What greater gift can you give to someone else and to God than the soul of another? Yeah. 
Now, oh, God Lord. is the only one that saves. We can't save, but faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so for you to sacrifice and put yourself out there to win somebody to, to, to Christ, that's a sacrifice. Father loves it. Oh, my goodness, right? We could do a whole podcast on that one. Oh, my goodness. Sixth spiritual sacrifice is love for one another. Love for one another. John 13, 34 through 35. And a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. I'm going to tell you this, and this is going to come across hard. I don't mean it to. We're to love our enemies. The Bible says we're to love our enemies. This verse, this passage is specifically for believers to love other believers so that when the lost world sees how the the Christian world loves one another, they want to be a part of it. Yeah, preferring one another, the Bible says. I got a million illustrations, but we don't have time to give them. But, oh, my goodness. the diff- Right? Oh, we get to give it, but we also get to give it, you know. Yep. We love somebody. You know, we've been great friends, but our friendship just grows as years go by, and we just watch one another's faithfulness and fruitfulness, and it it's just a good thing. And but it only love. lasts forever. I, I, That's all we yeah, It only lasts forever. I so. mean, what, what are you investing in? Uh, Romans 12, 10. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor, giving preference to one another. And again, this right here is to the Christian. 1 Corinthians 10, 24. Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. 1 Corinthians 10, 24. Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. That is what we are to do, or that is what we are to look at. First Thessalonians 4, 9. But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. First John 4, 7. Beloved, who is he writing to? Christians. The Christians. Let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Verse 21. And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. And then we have in 1 John 5, 1, which, by the way, if you read 1 John, it's all about loving the brother, the brethren, loving one another. Uh, Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves him, Jesus, who begot also, loves him, his brother in Christ, who is begotten of him, Jesus. Love demonstrated in selfless humility toward one another is well-pleasing to God. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, therefore be imitators of God as dear children. Again, this is Christians. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. I experienced this in my local church immediately after I got saved and it never gets old. Never, never. Finally, the seventh one, the new Testament portrays prayers as a suitable spiritual sacrifice prayers to God. First Peter four, seven, but the end of all things is at hand. Therefore be serious and watchful in your prayers. Matthew 6, 6, Jesus says, but you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in a secret place, and your Father who sees in secret secret will reward you openly. 
You know, when we go to, to go secret, we're telling God, you're more important than anything else, anybody else. I need you. I'm trusting you to take care of my needs. I, I It's more, more profitable for me to be alone with you because you know my needs before I ask. And I just trust you to take care of my needs. And you know, I don't even hardly bring up my needs to the Lord anymore because he already knows. You just praise I just him. Pray. And, I just yeah. I find that my prayer goes more to praise, praise, praise as years yeah. go by. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, keeps my mind and my heart through Christ Jesus. The world's gone crazy around us, and I have perfect peace. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Mark one thirty five. Now in the morning... Having risen a long while before daylight, he, Jesus, went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Jesus sets the example, shows the example, and the value and the importance of praying to the Father. And he sees us, and he loves us. And he rewards us for spending time with him. Ephesians 6.18 praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Mm Mm-hmm. Prayer is a suitable spiritual sacrifice. 1 Timothy 2, 1 and 2, Therefore I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. If you pray and you spend time in prayer and you're spending time with God, it will adjust your attitude. It will adjust your anxiety. It will adjust the peace in your heart. Yeah. It's a valuable place to be. It is incredible. And, and, and the, here's the thing with this verse. It tells us you spend sacrificial time praying to God, you will be the beneficiary. Yeah. <laughs> If you notice, every time we give, every one of these seven sacrifices that we give, God, in turn, we're the recipient of the blessing. Yeah, you can't outgive him. You can't outgive him. You, I'm telling you. Uh, the Apostle John, at the beginning of his vision of the seventh seal, identified the saints' prayers as offerings. Yeah. I just think back of those sacrifices we made in the early days, and we didn't do it to get... Then we fast forward 43 years later, and I look at how he's blessed us. It's like, oh, my goodness. We entered in. We did make these sacrifices. Mm-hmm. And uh, we look back, it doesn't feel like we made any sacrifice at all. Because the blessing outweighs anything. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's crazy. And, I, and you can't even explain it. You just got to live it. Yeah. Uh, in Revelation 8.34, and this is where John identified the saints' prayers as offerings. Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints mm-hmm. ascended before God from the angel's hand. Father looks down and sees some kids that love him. We enjoy him. We want to make him famous. We can't keep it in. We just, we share our joy. 
his glory, his name, his works, his mighty works among the children of men. And the best is yet to come. Absolutely. Luke 1, 8 through 10. Uh, and I'm just going to read verse 10 because the priest goes into the temple to burn the incense. And verse 10 says, and the whole multitude of the people, that's everyone, was praying outside at the hour of incense. They wanted their prayers to go up to the Lord. And God receives those. I'm telling you, that's probably your greatest spiritual sacrifice, but yet the one that's overlooked the most and undervalued the most is prayer. And, and I want to assure you that if you follow these seven sacrifices and you practice them, you won't be sorry. You will be the beneficiary of seeing God's hand and hearing God's voice like never before. Believer spiritual privileges begin the moment the Holy Spirit draws them into a saving union with Jesus Christ. And then the spiritual sacrifices are really just the essential characteristics of the Christian life. Mm -hmm. Oh, you got me pumped. You want to get your life rocking with Jesus? I challenge you, encourage you, root for you to live out these seven spiritual sacrifices on a daily basis. And you'll never be the same. You will take your spiritual walk with Jesus Christ from the bottom rung to the top rung. Let me encourage you to do that. Hey, guys, if this has helped you, please like, share, subscribe, and follow. And until next week, God bless. God bless.